0: Hey, Glenn.
1: I gotta admit, I'm kind of excited.
0: Oh. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I,
1: yesterday, I just ordered a new piece of equipment. <gasps> you did? I did. I got the okay. I actually spent less money than it was budgeted.
0: You're so smart. Oh,
1: I, know. It's, I know. I know. You're a good that money is. manager. Uh, it's kind of... A, the thing is, I'm not real sold on it. Really? It's kind of a niche thing. Uh, we ordered a 360 camera yesterday, so we'll get that in here and hopefully start to playing with it. Um, and the, I'm, I'm not sold on like shooting daily videos on it, but I do see his purpose. Um, some of the keynotes, like for Podstock, Kevin's keynote, I wish we kind of think it might have been neat to have a 360 video for that.
0: Okay, what does a 360 video do?
1: Well, basically, you get to. Kevin's a (laughs) mover. I
0: I know a few things about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he likes to move around in his uh, presentations. So we could have set the 360 camera up. And as he moved, you literally could have followed him, dragged the screen over, and followed him wherever he went. Does
0: someone have to? You have to drag it, though.
1: Yeah, you have to drag it. Yes. Um, I suppose in the editing I could go through and in, uh, some of the cameras I know, so that's another thing I'm not real familiar with it. So I'll get to get a little more experience with it, but you can some, in some editing, you can like guide it, uh, where it goes and everything, but the person themselves, if they want to see who all was in the audience or how many people was there, what kind of video it was, where am I at, uh, do some cool things like that. So what days is We're this We're Well, I think it was Amazon Prime. Ooh, so we I ordered it yesterday. It we could have it tomorrow. But mm. uh, you made a recent post, Glenn Wiebe, History Tech. His, yes. His blog. I, doing virtual tours. Yes. Uh,
0: I want to give everybody a virtual virtual tour of Besdek.
1: Maybe we'll set a virtual tour up at Bestac. Maybe see, we'll We see if we set that. the
0: president, then we can see what the schools.
1: We'll walk the walk. Yeah. So we may have to do that. So a little opportunity there to change my mind about VR. I see its point. I know Glenn Weeby uses a lot of, he's into the Google Cardboard, which is very cool, because how many classrooms can actually take their classes to like the Grand Canyon or something like that?
0: Well, there is, um, what's it called, that Two Trees Had at Podstock they had a backpack.
1: Oh, them. the backpack with the, the, the V. I don't know if it was an Oculus or kind of headset it was. I don't know either.
0: But we had an Oculus. Yeah. Um, I think it's Gingers. Maybe that's been passed around the office some.
2: Yeah.
1: So,
0: so we've been exposed. Yeah. But I think we're going to take a little deeper dive into.
1: So maybe start seeing some 360 content from the Aztec team here
0: you will just be prepared yeah but like anything we probably they probably won't all be awesome but we'll learn from those failures
1: you gotta build from somewhere that's right you can't be afraid to to fail
0: learn by doing that's yeah. what podstock's all doing.
1: about all right just thought that was a great lead into our conversation today about podstock we got to catch up with uh some of our some people that we were at so stay tuned Adventure cast 17. Starts now. Adventure Cast Seventeen, welcome to the show. I'm Obi-Wan Glenobi, and of course, as always with me
0: calamity Jamie H
1: I uh, just press record he's no. the one who does the show
0: no 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 <laughs> he keeps me on track
1: anyway uh, this is a bit of a different show uh, we just came off our yearly summer conference Podstock, and we got to looking around and thought some of these
0: people are very familiar to us because we've done a adventure.
1: Yeah, visited their classroom. So we thought we should what a perfect opportunity to catch up with them.
0: We're gonna start with Jill Weber. She's an exceptional teacher yep. at Cheney. She teaches middle school. Power tour for that too.
1: <laughs> she was the pilot episode for Destination Adventure.
0: Yes. When we talked about her what she doing in their class yep. and her involvement in one of the initial grants that glenn had and it was just all these social studies nerds and i say that in the kindest way
1: because and, and, they are great people dude. they it's, are. It's, a, it's a fun day when they show up for that uh, they meet four times a, yeah, a year quarterly quarterly so yeah that's always a fun day plus we get to eat they bring food in that's right yeah. history is not boring no it is not these teachers <laughs> have proven
0: it they bring history to life
1: um but Unfortunately, Jill had life come in, and her babysitter, she had some small kids at home, so she was devoted, though. Came in, did her session.
0: And and then went back to being a mom, and so we got to do a podcast from her home, and we had the sweetest interruption from her little girl that was supposed to be napping.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so Jill Weber here.
0: Been to your first Podstock now. Yes. Um, Although you didn't get the full experience because mom life happened. But mom life happens in the classroom too.
3: Yes, it does.
0: What are some of your tips in adjusting to things that happen? Life <laughs> um, yeah, lessons, tweaking things going on.
3: Well, um, always. Well, you know, anybody's gonna always tell you to have a backup plan, especially if you're working with technology in the classroom. Um, but you know, as I've kind of dived deeper down the technology hole and really tried to. Uh, move more towards that redefinition where I'm really trying to do things that weren't possibly conceived with, without technology. Um, as I get more and more into those things, the more I realize that if something pops up <laughs> and like the internet's down or something like that, there's no backup for redefinition. <laughs> um, And so now I'm a professional and I can keep 28th graders busy for, you know, the class period, but it's not the same thing, not the same thing that we're doing. Usually it's a wasted day. So, um, the flexibility has to be there. The willingness, I guess, to be flexible sometimes when things like that happen, when things pop up, um, especially, you know, as we move into this technological age and more and more people relying on it, when it's not available, That's a pretty big hurdle to have to go to jump over because, you know, I can't just grab out a worksheet copy of something that I was going to do, you know, online always. Um, So it's really readjusting and if you lose your cool about it, because I may have once or twice (laughs) to, that you know, usually a box of cookies or something (laughs) smooths the way over pretty good.
1: so that kind of leads into the session that you led today Mm -hmm. teaching in the trenches what are some what is some simple advice for using technology in the classroom you would have
3: um you know first of all we are all at different levels teachers are all at different levels and whether you're an administrator or you're a teacher that uses a lot of technology you have to love teachers where they are um some teachers you know they, they don't use a whole lot and they don't see a purpose for it. So they really have to start small and they really need to see how you can use technology to engage students in a simple and um, non-time consuming way. Um, and then it has to work. <laughs> um, they they kind of have to get their feet wet um, and you have to love teachers where they are. Um, now don't... you mentioned
0: your wet feet. Yeah. Your session, you mentioned being a lifeguard.
3: Yeah, (laughs) explain that a little bit. Okay, finding your tech lifeguard, because I was a lifeguard in high school and helped me pay through college and that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, lifeguards survey the scene and they keep people from getting in over their head or, or drowning. And so when I think about, you know, those newer teachers or teachers that are starting to experience technology, a lot of times... Gosh, I mean, just Google favorite apps to use in the classroom, and there are hundreds that show up. It's easy to get overwhelmed and just not knowing where to go. And so finding that person who can kind of watch out for you and kind of, okay, rather than look at all hundred of these, let's look at these two and, and try to keep you from drowning in that, uh, the sea of uh, educational technology. Um, but you know, the second role of, of lifeguards is, you know, to teach swimming lessons and you can't teach swimming lessons, um, outside of the water, like (laughs) you can't teach somebody how to swim if you're walking above the pool. And so you have to get in with them. And so that's where I kind of, your tech lifeguard really should be somebody who's in the classroom with you or experiencing those, because there are there are people out there who have great ideas for how to use technology in the classroom, but it's been 10 years since they've been in the classroom. And sometimes, uh, not that everybody loses credibility, but sometimes you can lose a little bit of credibility when you're not dealing with that. You know, a lot of administrators, they have jobs that I would never want to do. <laughs> Um, but, you know, they start to push and want to see this technology integrated in the classroom, but a lot of them had been administrators for 10, 15 years, and they don't know what it's like in today's world with a one-to-one classroom how to do that, and so that's where you need to find, I feel like, you need to find a teacher who's in the classroom and using it to kind of help guide you along that way.
0: So back in when... I was in school when my hometown, we had the baby pool, we had the shallow end and we had the deep end. Now, do you have lifeguards for each level,
3: each type of swimmer? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you have people that are, are good at different things. Like uh, for example, I may be able to be a lifeguard in the deep end and help people dig deeper into technology, but maybe my talents are better suited to those beginners and and, and in the smaller pool. (laughs) Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, So yeah, you definitely have have teachers that are, or lifeguards who are more suited for different areas and um, different people of all different levels.
1: Who's your lifeguard?
3: (laughs) Me? Yeah. Yeah um glenn <laughs> um no um i do a lot of uh move movement um i do a lot of collaborating online so i like to see what um derek shooty and tj warsnack are doing a lot of times what they're doing is we, we teach social studies we all do only they're high school and then middle school and sometimes i can take what they do and um you know modify it to fit my level and Um, I like to keep my eye on what they're doing. Um, But Glenn Wiebe, you know, for someone who has been out of the classroom for a very long time, he has kept his credibility. (laughs) He knows his stuff. And so when I'm looking for something new or if I need help with something, a lot of times I'll reach out to him. In my own district, I have people who I like to bounce ideas off of, and sometimes that's all I need. Like, I can swim pretty well in the deep water. Sometimes I just need a little encouragement. And so sometimes I just need a sounding board of, okay, I have an idea. Let me run this by you. And I've got um, Angie Boone and Melody Harris do that real well for me at my school. So.
1: Now, I take it when everything hasn't always ran smoothly when you've tried to like incorporate technology in, but you have to just jump in and do it, right?
3: Yeah. Eventually you have to just go for it. You have to find something, some way to start. Um, And when I first started, you know, they, I don't know what it was now, five, six years ago now, they gave us, we went one-to-one iPads and, you know, our administration never really pressured us to use them, but we kind of felt the pressure ourselves, kind of put, okay, they gave us, they gave all these kids these, hundred dollar devices, we better, we better do it. And so I made digital scans of all my worksheets and I, you know, I put them in the iPad and they did e- almost everything digitally in the iPad. That's how I started off and then quickly realized that that was not working. That that was not working. I needed to figure out would use the technology more in the creation piece or more of the assessment or enhancement of the lesson and not use it as the lesson if that makes sense
1: now you had a very busy day <laughs> and like jamie said earlier life happened
3: yes mm-hmm.
1: but why podstock why was it important for you to to be here
3: i've always wanted to kind of go to podstock i always see the the twitter feed and stuff like that um I love the idea of community and the community of teachers, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's in, in person as a study group, I love being around other educators who love what they're doing and are positive. They just help build that motivation and make me wanna keep doing what I'm doing because you know, there's a lot of negative, you can find anything you want to out there. And if you wanna go out and find the negative parts, you can, but it's just so much more fun to be around the positive people. and. My teaching, my classroom gets so much better when I'm around people like that, and around ideas like that, that it trickles down to my kids and I'm genuinely excited about what I'm teaching and um, the kids pick up on that. And so it's good for everybody around. What fills your teacher cup the most? Ooh, hmm. That's hard, because there's a lot. <laughs> well, just them um, out there okay i i love again i love the interaction of working with other teachers i love sharing what i do with other teachers and when i get a even when i get an email it says hey mrs weber can i have this i read your blog post on your um, historical thinking boot camp i love that i love the idea of helping other teachers um And of course, you know, when kids go home and talk about a lesson or even the best is when you say, okay, the bell's going to ring and they go, (laughs) oh, that fills the cup for quite a while. You like that when they don't want to leave your class. Um, And they want to come back. Yes, and they want to come back. You know, I think it was um, Dave Burgess in the Teach Like a Pirate book. I think he mentions if you had to teach to an empty room, if kids didn't have to come to your classroom, would they still come? And I, I, think yes. about that. I think about that a lot, and it really makes me ramp it up when I think that I have middle school kids, and most of them, even if they like your class, would not choose to come if they didn't have to, but that's always kind of my goal of, if you didn't have to be in my room, would you still be here today? Some days, the answer is yeah, and some days, it's no. <laughs> Do
0: you feel that they feel your energy on yeah. any given day?
3: Yeah, um, <laughs> I would have hated this back in college, but I almost think every teacher preparation class needs to have some acting involved in there because we don't, I don't love every single topic I have to teach. I don't, there are some that I do, and there are some that are not the most exciting, but I, have to, I can't let the kids know the difference between the ones I love and the ones I don't. So I have to get myself really excited for some of those units that are not my favorite and those are usually the ones that I'm constantly reinventing or constantly trying to find ways to jazz it up because for me almost for myself, so that I'm excited for it so that it pours off into the kids. They can what, tell. Is,
0: what is one activity you have up your teacher's sleeve this this coming this school year? Just a little hint
3: um, it's more revamping some of my old older stuff old it was like three years ago that I created some of this stuff but um you know just kind of making little tweaks to increase the um rigor I want um my kids to be challenged and so I've got, like I have a debate that the kids usually do between Hamilton and Jefferson. They kind of write this debate and perform it for the class. Well, this year, rather than writing it all out ahead of time, I kind of want them to have to prepare and actually get questions and have to pre, like the old way it was like a script and they basically read the script. I don't want a script anymore. I want them to have to answer based on what they know. And so trying to revamp that, um, I'm, I do a We the People Congressional Hearing Simulation with my 8th grade, and I want to change that a little bit, uh, I still have to work out the details, but I want my kids to present to high school seniors, so my 8th graders to present to seniors, to, yeah. That's intimidating, yeah. that's you really want to impress. Yes. And, um, you know, it'll kind of, plus (laughs) they want to impress those seniors, but in in some ways, I want the seniors to be impressed. So, you know, I'm kind of working towards that is my running theme. This year is going to try to get the eighth graders to present to the seniors and the seniors be able to kind of question them on what they know. So,
0: Last question, but it ties into what you just were talking about you're used to presenting to um middle school and high
3: school kids what was it like presenting to your peers today um i've gotten a whole lot better at it (laughs) i first i think the very first presentation i did was a few years ago at a social studies one and i had no idea how it was going to go i thought i'd panic um but it ended up going really well and i stepped outside of my comfort zone um and you know it's something i kind of a theme I go through with my kids in the school year is, you know, if we don't know what talents lay outside of our comfort zone. And so I never would have known that I would have enjoyed speaking in front of people, enjoyed talking in front of my peers, enjoyed that and been sometimes decent at it, (laughs) but I would never have known if I wouldn't have stepped out there. I wouldn't have known that I would have been a decent blogger unless I hit publish that first time. So we, we don't know what talents lay outside that comfort zone. So if we keep pushing ourselves a little bit, then we discover new talents that can lead us in whole new different directions.
0: Yeah, considering you you were initially not going to attend the social studies PLC yes. now, and now look at you. I know. <laughs> You're, you've been Kansas History Teacher of the Year.
3: Yeah, 2016. So we're rolling it over to new people now. But You're doing big things. We can't wait to watch you do more, too. Well, thank you. But Jill, so. if someone's
1: looking for a digital lifeguard, how can they get a hold of you?
3: Well, they can follow me on Twitter, at Jill Um And then they can, they're more than welcome to email me. Um, it's jweber at usd268.org. Yeah. So, and. You know, if I don't respond right away, they can email me again. And this <laughs> just kind of depends on the time of year.
1: All right. Well, Joe, we appreciate you taking a little time out uh, to talk to us about Potstock.
3: Yeah, it was so much fun. I really, really enjoyed it. Even though I only got a little bit of one day in there. But more next time. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> I hear your little people. Yeah, we've got somebody who's not supposed to be upstairs coming on upstairs. Yeah, I knew we were trying to catch nap time, but... Yeah, she's...
0: That's the mom life. Oh. <laughs> yes, it
3: is. Can you say hi? Hi. <laughs> How
0: are you?
3: This is Katerina. Hi, Katerina. How are you? <laughs> so, yeah, she's going to go back downstairs here in a little bit. <laughs> all right. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Jill. You Bye, Bye Katarina
1: bye
0: so jill probably has you thinking of your digital lifeguard those people that you call on for help when you're drowning in your in your classroom um you can find her on twitter as well and that is jill Webbs, i believe is her twitter handle yes and she would love to talk to you, too. There. She'll be your digital lifeguard.
1: Yeah, and she's always posting stuff. She's doing stuff in her classroom. She's doing great stuff. We went back, did another video. Cutthroat history.
0: Oh, my gosh. So much fun. She's an avid. Uh,
1: yes. She she
0: watches a lot of Food Network, obviously. Yes,
1: it gets a lot of ideas for that. Because she does something else I always still get from there.
0: Yeah, she does.
1: Oh, uh, we'll have to... Have to look that up. You'll just have to research her Twitter page, I guess.
0: Well, and she blogs
1: as well and Yes. And I don't know how she finds time being a mother.
0: I don't know. Everything. She's got some little ones and she's a she's a great yes. mom. She's an excellent teacher. I don't know how I I too don't know how she finds time to do everything. But she does and she's part of the the Kansas Ed Chat.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: So she spends her evenings. I don't know if she puts her kids to bed or her husband takes a night. I don't know. But mm-hmm. she's she's a big part of that too.
1: So from there we ran into Brent Kerr.
0: He's a industrial arts teacher out at Ness City. You may have seen him in the news actually because he has he did his second year now of building a tiny house, tiny
1: house yes. With
0: his students.
1: Yes, yeah, great project. He's got to talk to him about it this year uh he was really excited about it because they did a little more um hand custom hand stuff it sounded like the trim stuff like that mm-hmm. um i think and, year
0: one is a is such a base learning year to see yeah how things are going
1: another teacher who had a crazy idea and uh ran with it said what the heck why not let's do it and it's working out for him really well Jamie and I actually got to be there for the planning process. Oh, which was hilarious. Yes. I mean,
0: how (laughs) kids think is awesome.
1: Tiny house rolling down the highway with a waterbed in it.
0: And and Brent just (laughs) brings it back and he, he doesn't say, well, that's a terrible idea. He actually goes, okay let's think about that yes
1: exactly
0: and think about the weight of the water and the weight distribution and how much that's going to pull on the axle and they got to talking to i mean it turned into a great conversation
1: yes he, he didn't shut him down right away yeah. it, great teacher in fact you can find that on our website just go to our videos or i'm sorry our facebook page because you were running live oh time, yeah i was I running
0: live with that planning process Their yep. thought processes are I mean, pretty incredible, because some of the kids have been part of year one, and so they were going, well, this worked last year, but I'd like to try something new this year. And it was not Brent planning the tiny house. No,
1: this it was the kids. The kids did it. I mean, he did
0: have he final say, guidance, I would say. Yes, yeah. definitely was Kind of like
1: the waterbed. Yeah, the waterbed didn't happen. <laughs> no, it was, wasn't good to work.
0: <laughs> that was a great idea
1: that they explored. But anyway, we got to sit down and have a great conversation. All right, so now we're here with Brinker from Nest city who we talked with because uh, we took an adventure up there as well. Uh, Here at Podstock 2018 and Brent we thought we'd just all get together because we were looking around And we thought man, we've connected with a bunch of these people that are here at Podstock Just happened to have been in on in adventures as well.
2: Yeah, that's great There's been a ton of people awesome people up here. So I'm not surprised you've Talked with several people that are at Podstock
0: One of the things that we pride ourselves on is the art of collaboration at Podstock Um, You become family what what does it feel like as a classroom teacher to come together and collaborate like you do these days this isn't your first one you've attended multiple now
2: yeah i've been to several pod stocks it it is great it is just like family there's there's people you know and, and connect with every time you're here um you always meet new people um and and uh it's always cool to see some of the first timers uh realizing that it is like family
0: now, over lunch we were talking about a little collaboration piece that you've dreamed up. What is your collaboration dream? Connecting with all these people you've met here.
2: Uh, so my collaboration dream is with uh, is with our tiny house project as well, um, and and what I'd really like to do is get several different schools involved. Um, building a tiny home uh, like a social entrepreneur project uh, for these kids to to build a a tiny house for a homeless population or um, you know the the veteran housing or even um, housing for kids that have aged out of foster care and my idea is um, to start the house off uh, in Nest City doing the framing my students would use um, my students would frame the house and we would use construction management software uh, because that's what industry is using Um, and and then as soon as we're done framing it we've put in the pieces that we've done in our construction management software we send it off to the next school um, and and they do the next piece that might be uh, siding and roofing um, and continue on doing that and and that would allow these kids to to uh, get a piece of that uh, construction management software um, and, and while they're doing something great for um, uh, you know, a homeless population or, or kids that have aged out of foster care.
0: So tell us a little bit about your t- you, this is a tiny house, you've done multiple tiny houses and tell us about your fails and wins out of you building those tiny houses.
2: Um, some days it feels like there's way more fails than it does wins but um, in the end, when you look at that thing, it's a great big win. That's it's just so awesome to see uh, something that a group of kids have created. Um, you know, uh, on the on one of the, on the video that we did about the first tiny house, um, my principal said, you know, um, you don't always create that masterpiece the first time, and and I I agree you don't. But I thought, man, I don't know how we're gonna beat this first one. Um, and we did, uh, the kids knocked it out of the park this year. Um, the house has got uh, custom hickory trim that they built. Um, it's it's just a phenomenal house. Um, the first one was great and it's still a beautiful home, um, but the second one is just tremendous. We didn't spare um, a lot of expense in the house. Um, we went with great cabinets, concrete countertops, um, and, and the kids just did an excellent job. Um, some of the some of the fails, um, you know, it just day to day, uh, you don't feel like you're making progress all the time, and and uh, it is tough, especially when the when the students make a schedule, it's tough to have to catch up. It's tough to have to um, come in on Sunday afternoon and, and and work on the house, and and uh, you know, and these are the kids that are. So
0: kids come in on
2: Sundays. Yes, kids come in on Sundays. Lots of kids come in on Sundays. Um, it, it, they know that we have a house to build in a year's time, and at the end of the year, it has to be done. So, so yeah, I have kids come in on a lot of Sundays.
1: So when you started this first tiny house project, uh, we were talking about fails. Did people look at you and go like, dude... <laughs> what are you thinking?
2: You know? <laughs> I I don't know. Um, I guess I, I probably didn't. Uh, I probably didn't let that bother me, or I wouldn't have done it. Um, I I did have. I, we did have a little bit of, of pushback, but um, you know, after you after you make a, a fairly good sized profit for the school, there can't be as much pushback.
1: How important was that though, just to go for it and j- just do
2: it? I think very important. You know, in uh, and. and It would have been hard if I I didn't have faith in my students to just go for it because I don't need any more projects, Um, but I had a great group of kids. Um, I knew they were a great group of kids. They wanted to be pushed further, Um, so that's what we did.
1: Now, we talked to Jill Weber earlier, and she talked about a digital lifeguard. In this project, when you begin it, was there somebody that you could turn to? To like or were you just swimming out
2: there on your own? Um, there was a lot of swimming out there on my own at first uh, you know you, I wasn't connected with anybody in the tiny house communities you know I, I didn't I didn't get it I quickly became connected um, and that's kind of cool I, I told that story earlier too today that you know when I first started this I didn't know anybody living in a tiny home. I didn't know you know it was all what I'd seen on HGTV um, and and now, um, this summer, actually in two weeks, I go out to Colorado Springs to to uh, speak at the at the People's Tiny House Fest um, out there. So I have made some connections, and, and there's there've been some great people to work with and and help me through some of those struggles.
0: What do you hope to gain from going to the Tiny House Conference? Um, are you looking for feedback?
2: Um, um, tweaking what I the what builds? I really hope, and I it, I think it's going to be kind of. I think it's going to be, my session is going to be different than anybody else's. And I, and I don't know um, what the people necessarily expect, but really what I want to do is go out there and uh, create um, some awareness about the trades and, and, and what this has done for my kids and my students. Um, you know, and, and, and it can happen in other places, it doesn't just have to be us building tiny houses there's room for for a lot more schools so um, I hope to go out there and, and create some awareness for the CTE programs around and and um, uh, the trades.
1: Now this isn't your first Podstock. Right. Um, why Podstock though? Why why come here and because you led a session, you just got out of a
2: session. Yeah. Uh, so why Podstock? Um, I, I you know I, I've been involved with several different um, uh, people from ESDAC just working with you guys is is a blast it's it's a uh, it's a good time um, you guys are a little bit crazy uh, so.
0: <laughs> oh we take that as a compliment yeah too, yeah so, yes.
2: so maybe this is just the place all the crazies get together
3: right <laughs>
0: I think that's the truth to that I mean it takes a little bit of creativity and a little bit of different thinking Not being afraid to swim against the current, I guess. If we're talking about lifeguarding, I mean, you've got to be a little bit savvy. you work your way through?
2: Yeah, and I don't know that I was necessarily one of the crazies until I started coming. Oh,
0: then you (laughs) realized you really were. I
2: was, yeah, exactly. (laughs)
0: How does it feel to be one of the crazies?
2: (laughs) It's great to be one of the crazies. It's good to be doing things other people aren't.
0: And doing it for the good. Yes, that's I mean, exactly you're not right. You're doing it for you. You're doing it for your kids. You're doing it for the people. You're doing it for your community.
2: Exactly.
1: Now, if somebody out there is Brent Kerr, say three years ago, getting ready to start this project, you know, and they're looking for some advice, how could they get a hold of you?
2: Um, I'm on Twitter at, it's, uh, at Brent underscore Kerr one. Um, they can email me, phone call. I'm, I'm up for anything. I'd love to help other people get started.
1: All right. Well, Brent, thanks for, like you said earlier, we just caught you coming out of your session. So we know you got to get on the road. Thanks for taking a little time out and talking with Jamie and I. Sounds good. Thank you. So that was, again, that was Brent Kerr. And we just happened to catch him as he was running off, I think, Oh, uh,
0: he was going to
1: surprise yeah, his wife. Surprise his wife. So we, but he carved that little time out for us. So it just shows you what kind of person he is thinking about his, his family and all that as well. Very important for, but yet, for him. But yeah,
0: I don't know if we talked about this in the podcast, but Brent also, his students would call him because they would have deadlines to make to get the tiny house done. And he would go there on Sundays and weekends. He and yes, the kids he and got the kids, kids in
1: on Sundays house. and everything.
0: I mean, I, again, I don't know how he finds time to manage everything, but he does.
1: He just loves teaching, loves helping, seeing the kids grow. Yeah.
0: And he's invested, the kids are invested and It's a very profitable, um, project for the, the kids and the school and it helps people. You ought to hear about his dream project, though. (laughs) You'll hear Actually, you just heard about it.
1: Yeah, you just heard about it. So hopefully that can come to fruition for him sometime. So from there, we got to talk to a couple of other of our favorite people. Uh, Destination Adventure 11, I believe it was. Um, The Middle East Wing Challenge. We got to talk with Derek Schutte and TJ Worsnack.
0: Oh, my gosh. Those two are a kill. They are so much fun. When they bounded, well, I don't want to say they bounded, but they, <laughs> they rolled and yelled. They're and... opening
1: again. Jamie was running live. So yeah, if you want to see this, uh, go to our Facebook page and look at the videos. It, it just killed. I don't yeah. know what to say. It.
0: <laughs> they have such passion. Each one of these people, I mean, they just ooze passion for teaching, for kids. They embody, in my opinion, what... A, good teaching looks like
1: yes and that's what it is despite all their I know, well I don't want this to sound bad or despite all their uh, like the gear up they were in the, oh, they the were military R-B-T- gear. yeah that's their passion they found their passion a way to express that and to share that in their teaching and that's all it is they yes. found their passion and ran with it and it's just you got to see them.
3: yeah you do <laughs>
1: So here's our conversation we had with Derek and DJ.
0: We had some really, really honestly good feedback from your Podstock presentation. I mean, you came out at, at them with a big wow factor and you do that with your kids too. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we visited your classroom and, and did an adventure and we got to capture Middle East Wing Challenge. Can you give us a, a little bit of background? What, what does Buzzworthy mean? In,
4: what makes your what you do buzzworthy? Well, whenever Derek and I, you know, look at education and we look at our teaching, um, one of the things that I think is really important is is to have kids uh, excited to come in into the class each day. Um, and maybe you can't pull that off every day, but having having things throughout the year that that have some sort of buzz about them, uh, a major project, uh, a contest. Uh, or some sort of uh, something that, that, that doesn't typically happen in the classroom. Uh, students hear about that, they see it, and they get to participate in it, and it, it makes, makes the class different for them, and it makes the learning experiences uh, more intriguing, maybe, and something that they want to get involved with. And so the buzz idea is that we want, we want our classes to have something behind them that, that students want to talk about uh, with each other or with other teachers or, or maybe at home uh, at the dinner table.
0: That definitely happened at Podstock, and I guarantee your session was discussed over dinner, over some of their meals during the conference. How did you guys go into planning your introduction and planning your session?
5: Well, one of the, I think our, you know, our first uh, presentation actually was last year at Podstock. Um, and, uh, we were just kind of talking about what we wanted to do and, and, you know, we go to some professional development sometimes and, and they have these ideas, but then like you tend to like take an old idea and you take a new idea and then put an old teaching practice to it. And so we're talking about if we wanted to say, you know, talk about our classroom being buzzworthy, then we need a buzzworthy, uh, presentation. Uh, and so we needed to come up with something that would hopefully, uh, get some attention in the first few minutes and, uh, so last year we did a little, uh, I don't know, kind of an ESPN radio host uh, thing. This is our first kind of trial balloon. We've been throwing out some other uh, ideas as, we, as we've we kind of gone through. Try to come up with a kind of a few different routines that we can use in our programs just to keep it exciting uh, for the audience and for us.
0: And for those of you that don't know, um, both TJ and Derek are teachers, high school social studies teachers at um, Halstead High School in here in Kansas. Yep
1: so how did this relationship start well
4: as as you said we're we're social studies teachers at at halstead high school and we teach together uh we're right next door to each other and halstead being uh, a smaller school we have about 250 students at it um we're we're basically the social studies department and so that means we're going to have a lot of conversations with one another now through the years uh we also found We have a lot of similar characteristics as far as how we like to teach and and things that we enjoy. We both like sports a lot. Derek's head basketball or girls basketball coach at our school and so I had an opportunity to get to work with him as an assistant. Um, We we both like NBA basketball but whenever it comes to teaching uh, what we wanted out of our classroom matched up pretty well and so we found that we would Challenge one another with ideas. Or if I saw an idea for government that I thought would work well in his class, I'd suggest it to him. He'd find ideas and suggest them to me, and we, we both found that we were willing to take some chances in our teaching uh, to see see what the outcome was. Yeah, and TJ is just he's just a great idea guy. He's just got he's got a lot of ideas, whether
5: it's creativity or in the social studies content. And like he said, we just bounce ideas off each other. And, uh, sometimes I think he gives me ideas, just, Hey, well you should, I won't try this in my class, but you should try this in your class. And, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm either dumb enough or smart enough to try it out.
0: Absolutely. Do you guys teach the same content or do you teach one of you teach government and other teach American history?
4: For the most part, we teach different classes. When we first started together, and traditionally at our high school, I was doing the history classes along with economics and sociology. Derek or any other social studies teacher was doing the government classes, geography. Uh, we also have a, a public admin class and a current. we used to have a current events class. One of the things that we, we have now come to do, we do now have a class that we teach together. Uh, we teach it individually, but it's the same class. We, we took world history and world geography and current events, and we combined it into what we call a world studies class, which offers a lot more of a uh, a project-based learning approach. And so that one, we do use uh, similar lesson plans and similar units on, um, but I still do the US history and Derek does uh, the government classes.
0: What are some of your daily norms in your classroom? Or is there a norm and you like it that way? Are there base expectations that you want out of kids are they just know they come fired up they just well sort of- i think
5: that you know one of the things that we try to do is is have a, a you know a classroom that's maybe a little different than than some of the others um you know in terms of just how students are supposed to act uh like that, that, you know that, that kind of goes with just teaching and and uh you know, laying out, hey, what kind of discussions we want to have, and how students are supposed to treat each other. But uh, like TJ said, it, it's hard. You know, we like those sort of buzzworthy ideas, but it, it doesn't necessarily happen every day. Um, that, or maybe it's it's a, a big project that's coming up or that we're doing that's that's buzzworthy. But you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're still making sure that hey, we're we're getting our content in. Uh, we're we're covering our standards and our and our social studies content. Um, and making sure that hey, we, want, we want students to, to be pushed, we want class to be rigorous, but we, but we do want to have fun as well.
0: So, take take Hi. us back to your intro of your Podstock presentation. For those of you that weren't there, I wish you could have been. Actually, check it out on on our Facebook page, Aztec Facebook page, and you can you can see their full intro. It's yeah. awesome.
4: Oh, get down. Oh, they're wrong. I'm going to flag it. Echo, Echo, Delta, Niner. Niner, there was no engagement in there. No engagement. There was none. I put an objective on the board. They should have known the lesson. It was guaranteed. They said classroom instruction at worst is all we needed. The objective was there. (laughs) Madeline Hunter told me. Get out, get out. (laughs) That was good. Oh, my goodness. Hold it! Sir? Sure. I'm under a gas attack. I got full Axe body spray being sprayed <laughs> This is... Oh, the quadrant's bad. You don't want to go to the quadrant forward. I've got a tree to hide behind. It's starting! Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna barricade down for a while. We need backup. The copier is down. The copier is no longer working. Why are we even using these, these headsets or these mics? Huh? Why are we even trying to do that? Uh, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Where uh, are we heading?
5: Hey, I'm getting, we got to get to the teacher's lounge or the drop zone. A drop
4: zone and the drop zone in the teacher's lounge.
5: I'm going to run for field.
4: it. I'm going to make a run for it. John, I'm going. God. Ah, spitball. Oh. Spitball, not again.
3: <laughs> this this is it. i
4: over there and get you. This, this is, is it for me.
3: This.
4: Spring break is all we need. If we can get to spring break, if... If only we'd listen to those two charming, good-looking social studies teachers about a paperless classroom.
1: How did you guys come up with that? Well, like like Derek
4: said, we, we've got a few different introductions that we've done in the past, and that was that was a new one. And once again, kind of like our teaching um, with some of the projects we do, we, we try to come up with some new ideas and we just bounce them off of one another. And sometimes they, they grow into something uh, different and on that one you know a lot of the things that we mentioned in that intro are, are things that that have happened to us while while we're teaching and some things that we have faced that sometimes makes it makes it feel like um, I don't know that you're under some sort of barrage and a lot of that sometimes comes from maybe some of the teaching methods that we use but um, we've we've all experienced the situation of of shoot, You show up and maybe you've got a pretty good lesson idea and so forth, but the copier is broken and the cop- <laughs> God, um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do next? Um, but you know, Derek usually is the one who comes up with uh, how to h- how to go to the next level with it, um, and he certainly did with that one.
0: How did you time it? Because you had it perfectly timed from the back of the room to the front of the room. Were you guys at living? Or did you have? Bullet points that you were clicking off because you guys were bouncing perfectly off each other, and one would say one thing, and then the other one would say another, and it was truly like you guys were in combat.
5: <laughs> well, you know, I think I think we kind of bounced the idea around with just that. Podstock was a kind of a fun, looser group, uh, a fun conference, and so we thought it would kind of be funny to be these military, you know, figures that would like. Instill discipline into them and then it just kind of morphed into whatever it became um, and then it kind of morphed into okay we're we're actually trying to survive a classroom and, and uh, you know I, I don't know we have a, maybe some loose points or things that we, we like to hit but for the most part we are just kind of we've just been working together long enough we're just kind of throwing stuff out there and half the time I don't know what TJ's going to say and he probably doesn't know what I'm going to say and hopefully awesome. I think the hope is that we can catch one another off guard and put each other on the spot as well.
1: Is that what it's like? Is it like the Carol Burnett show where you guys oh, are like man. trying to, <laughs> to break each other up or something? Just how crazy can we get or, or do you understand? Hey, there's a limit here. We gotta. You
4: know. Oh, it's always a bonus if we could get the <laughs> yeah. other person to, to laugh some during it or just being stunned <laughs> off for a, for a moment, uh, before they come up with something to say.
0: But you made them think. You made them think about the textbook,
1: and uh, yeah, that was great. We went one one long time ago. That was so That's funny.
5: A great <laughs> That's one thing we've done in a couple of our programs, or you know, we do one where we kind of act like we're FBI agents, or on a what are we on an archaeological dig or something. But I don't know. If, if the textbook goes out, I don't know if we're going to have any more material. We might be in trouble then.
0: Oh, my gosh. I think if you go listen to the audio, I guarantee you hear me laughing out loud. Because, like, I remember being that kid. Oh, I got to write my name in there. Oh, I wonder how many who had this eight years ago previously. The same book. And you're thinking that's cool. And all that time going, that's dumb. I think that's
4: probably the most exciting thing in a textbook is seeing who, who else had it. Um, after that, that textbook goes downhill pretty quickly. Right whenever they say go to Chapter 1.
0: Mm-hmm. So, I know, but you guys probably taught like that for a while until so you're like, "This is not, this is not teaching."
5: Yeah, definitely. We, you know, we used it, and you know, that's one of the things we, we didn't talk about as much in this presentation, just because we we been we were at Postdoc last year and didn't want to just go over it. But you know, the, uh, us, you know, we, we made a commitment to to get rid of the textbook, and when we did that, um, you know, we we had to come up with something else uh instead of just being able to go back to it and say okay well we can just pull it out when we get in trouble we said no we're not going to do that we're going we're to have something else so when you know we need, we need a lesson or something isn't working right we have to come up or try to come up with a better idea
0: doesn't that mean more prep work though and how does that work because a textbook i can pull it out and i know i'm going to do chapter eight this week but now you're now i have to think about what am i am actually going to teach
4: well, on the, definitely on the front end, there's there's some more prep that goes on to it, but anytime you're going to change your teaching, uh, that there's going to be prep involved with it. And I think teachers uh, are always trying to evolve their teaching processes. and so that that's kind of a natural thing. Um, one of the things that, that we get out of it, of course, is seeing that students are learning more and being more engaged in the classroom. And so, uh we're, we're looking for that um, as teachers, seeing, making sure that our students get a, a good solid education and are excited about learning. And so whenever we made that commitment, um, yeah, uh, especially that first year, it, it took a lot more work. And I, I would say that it wasn't just like a one year process. This is something that we've kind of both been doing in our classes for a long time um with the idea that hey we've got these projects that we want to do with them and we still were using the textbook um but we knew that okay we would get through what probably was looking like some more dry material um read chapters you know six and section one and two do this guided reading activity or whatever the case may be um that wasn't bad or anything but we knew that there was some projects down the road that we'd be getting to that would get the kids more excited um, this just now became a more mat- natural process in how to do it, um, because there was so much in the textbook that we really didn't need, and so we've been able to cut out all of that um, and, and focus on you know, the key content um, and open up more, more opportunities for students on it.
0: Did you guys just phase out the book, or was it a conversation that you had with administration?
5: we uh it was a conversation that that we had in terms of we wanted to we wanted more technology in our classroom uh and so we were able to uh convince our administration instead of us buying textbooks to give uh, us to make our classes basically one-to-one for chromebooks and so they made that trade-off with the expectation that we'd be using those chromebooks uh a lot and so we just we just at that point, instead of updating our textbooks, we just kind of got rid of them and, and made the move to uh, the online base and the, the Google Apps for Education Learning that we're using now.
4: I think we thought it would be more difficult than it actually yeah. was. Um, <clears throat> once, once we, like, in prep for the year, we, we kind of compiled some of the resources that we knew we had online. We kind of matched those with some of the units and standards that we knew we wanted You know, those were all going to remain the same. Um, And so we matched them up and made sure, more or less, that we had the bases covered. And then kind of developed some projects around those and and some ancillary material. And uh, it it wasn't quite as difficult as, you know, now whenever I think about it and whenever you just say it, oh, you're giving up textbook, it sounds like you're totally stripping out everything that you've done. but it wasn't—it wasn't as as uh, a tough of a process, um, or stressful as pro- of a process as I maybe thought it would be.
1: Now you guys are quite entertaining. You work off of each other. What advice would you have for a teacher, though, who's maybe I saw you at Podstock? You think does it have to be, you know, that? You guys are just
0: no. naturally energetic. Yeah. I and mean, your passion just it's just part of you and you see it and you feel it it's just there but it? what if they're they're shyer quieter do you have tips for them
4: well
5: tj you always those says kids yeah you know, tj always says no one's going to be as enthusiastic about your classroom or your lesson as you are uh, the students just yeah. usually aren't going to be and so you know, I think that's one thing is you want to be enthusiastic as a teacher. Um, you have to be um, running around and diving behind chairs uh, like it's a war zone. No, and th- I think that's one thing boss. that we, we understand that you know when we talk about buzzworthy, it's it's not you know th- there are some, there are some days where hey it's it's a it, what would seem like maybe a more traditional classroom or it's a classroom where hey you know, students it, it should be it should be maybe kind of silent or they are working and there are days where the learning is loud and messy. Uh, there, there's all kinds of those, and we try to emphasize that. Hey, maybe you know, it's not. It doesn't have to be like that every day, um, because you know we've, we've been there and, and been to conferences and seen things and, and gone. Well, that looks great, but what do I do the next day, or what do I do the next day? And, and so, there's still a lot of good things that come from some of those what we would call traditional practices.
0: So, what is your parent response? How intera- How much interaction do you get out of parents than you used to?
4: oh quite a bit especially i I guess it's building a little bit but whenever you know parent-teacher conferences would come around or you'd see a parent at a ball game or whatever the case may be um you know they, they would definitely say hey you know my son daughter really either maybe enjoys your class or, gosh, has talked about what's going on, sometimes maybe uh, questioning a little bit, is wanting to know exactly what the explanation was <laughs> behind something that we did. Um, but what we, we found uh, was that definitely whenever parents came in, uh, for parent-teacher conferences or, or whatnot, they, they were sitting down and, and they had heard something about the class, um, and I'd say ninety nine percent of the time it was definitely sitting down with hey it's one of the more exciting classes that they have. Um, and you know that that there was some talk behind it. Um, as far as, you know, whether or not any you know questioning of things, I think I hope parents are always questioning what's going on in, in their kids, you know, educational pursuits, um, and wondering, you know, what what the classroom is like. Um, but once again, a lot of that just comes with then having that, that conversation with them and explaining some of the ideas behind it. Um, and, you know, oftentimes it'll end with, gosh, that's not the way, you know, it was whenever I, I wish I was in your classroom. I wish I would have had you as a teacher. And so that, that's uh, um, a nice thing to hear then. Yeah, so, we tried to, to like Facebook live a couple of the things we do, like the wing challenge
5: and, and we we'll do the, the fantasy geography draft. And uh, yeah, I think that's something we'd like to do more of, but we do get really good feedback from that and parents see it on online and, are, you know, I, I get asked all the time, hey, well, what exactly was that you were doing or that looked fun or that their student or that their child really enjoyed it.
0: Because parents are interested and the kids are talking about it at home, which is mm-hmm. always a good thing. Because you're going, what happened at school? Nothing. Same thing. I mean, both of you are dads, you've, you've heard it before.
4: Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> um, but I've also seen the other side. Whenever she's yeah, my daughter's working on a project that she's really into, um, and whenever it's something that is exciting or different, um, gosh, she'll go. They'll go overboard on it. Um, that it's almost difficult to get them to stop working on something. And so that's that's the exciting side of it. Um, whenever you open up a new opportunity uh, for a kid. And, and they take hold of it. They might not do it on absolutely everything, but uh, they, they start to spread themselves out of that comfort zone a little bit.
0: Now, um, Halstead, USD 440, correct? Yes. Um, you guys are also a redesign school, and in some respects, you've been doing a lot of the pieces that um, are, are crucial pieces in the redesign process. Do you think that there'll be others consulting you about within your district about how this redesign process is going to work or have you already had that
4: well we've started some of the initial discussions as as we're looking at this whole concept of redesign but I think that's one of the the neat things about redesign and where you're gonna see huge gains for schools in general is this fact that it's gonna force some conversations amongst uh, staff and schools um and open not not conversations about what's wrong but of what what we can be doing and let's go ahead and push ourselves out of that that zone and have you know the idea of exactly how do you do something in in your classroom and so i'm really excited about it because i know other teachers in our in our district and other schools you know have ideas that that i want to take back in my classroom and and hopefully we'll be able to share some of ours also of course um but that's the the neat thing about uh redesign is this opportunity for the, this ongoing you know push for for a, a better educational setting
1: how important are conferences like podstock do you think the teachers sharing ideas and more importantly getting out to these conferences.
5: Yeah, that's something that we, I know I enjoy. I think we we both really enjoy is, is just sharing ideas with other teachers. Um, you know, a lot of quickly say that a lot of the, the stuff that that we're using that we've borrowed and stole and, you know, from other, from other educators out there and just tried to put our own spin on it or make it fit our content level or, or fit our own personality. And so you know, I think that's something that's important for teachers as well, just make it authentic for them. But like conferences like Podstock, you know, we, we really enjoyed it last year and we were excited to come back this year, uh, not just to present, but to see what other ideas are out there and
4: what other uh, you know, teachers have to offer. I think the conference like Podstock is, is an exciting one in that I think you have so many teachers that, that are there who want to push their own personal limits and whenever you get an environment of, of people who are comfortable um, with that idea of being maybe uncomfortable in your teaching, that's that's a very different environment than some some traditional conferences or some of the other conferences that that I've seen where it's I don't know um, the both the environment and also the people participating, um, both attendees and presenters maybe. I don't know, aren't, aren't as willing to go outside the box. There's an environment with Podstock where people want to, to find like, I don't know what you would call it, a cutting edge approach to teaching or how to use technology that you definitely aren't gonna be seen in, in the regular classroom. And you just let yourself wonder um, so much more in a, in a conference setting like that. Um, there's like just not a lot of people saying, no, you can't do something. Um, and so that's that's a really neat uh, aspect of podstock. All
1: right. Well, guys, we I know Jamie has way more questions probably. So I like to talk to teachers. Yeah. yeah. So we'll Great have to teachers. connect again sometime and do a pod, uh, podcast again with you
0: and drag some um, kids in. Yeah. <laughs> I know we caught you at the end of July, but we'd like to have some conversations and.
1: But Jill Weber talked about. We talked to her earlier about a digital lifeguard. So if there's a teacher out there who's thinking about, well, maybe I want to try this project, but I don't know how to get started, or, or you know, maybe it just needs a little, a little advice, how can someone get a hold of you to maybe ask you a few questions on that?
5: Well, we, you know, we welcome any, uh, any questions or critiques or advice. Um, they could uh, email us, uh, they could uh, hit us up on Twitter, uh, we try to give all that out during our presentation. Um, I think that's one thing, that, you know, just to go back on Podstock again. Podstock does a great job of, with their hashtags um, in terms of at a conference, and so then you can see what's going on in some of the other um, um, conferences as well. And we've been to a few other pre- you know a few other conferences, and it, that doesn't happen quite as well. So Podstock does a really good job of that. But um, I don't know, do you want us to give all our stuff out here? Or? Yeah, sure. yeah, sure, go ahead. Okay,
4: Blake, uh, t- on Twitter, I'm at Coach Shooting. Uh C O A C H S C H U T T E and T I am at the warsnak and that's spelled W A R S N A K. And email address is uh T Warsnak T W A R S N A K at USD four forty com.
1: All right. Thanks guys. We appreciate you taking the time. Well, thanks for having us. I'm looking yeah, thank you. To
0: watching you in the next year. <laughs>
1: All right, yeah, we'll have to have you come in for the uh, Fantasy Geography Draft. Yes. 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 Absolutely. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. All right.
0: All right. I know right now all of you are hitting the ESDAC Facebook page. They're hitting our Twitter page, and they're going to visit um, some of the pages that we have or we've discussed (laughs) Jill, Brent. Derek and TJ.
1: Yeah, we'll put all those email Twitters and all that video links and stuff in the, I'll put those in the show notes. So all you have to do is click on those now.
0: And if you want to see the videos and see the other um, teachers that we focus focused on too, go to esdac.org slash your stories.
1: Yeah, and they'll, from our podcast to Destination Ventures as well, all those videos will be there. So Podstock 2018 came to a close. Any last thoughts, Jamie?
0: Well, if you haven't already, you can find all the things that we're talking about. Our hashtag is still going. Um, And you can sort through Twitter on there if you go to podstock18 and you can find out what all the buzz was about. It's definitely buzzworthy.
1: Buzzworthy, yes. Once again, thanks again for joining us on the show today. Uh, You can find us on iTunes or Jamie's favorite.
0: iHeartRadio.
1: Until next time. Talk to you later.